World Series is one more sleep away. Thank God. Thank God is right. (laughs) That of actual honest-to-God live baseball to talk about. Uh, We'll be joined by John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays tomorrow. He was scheduled to join us today, but they had a uh, meeting at the Player Development Complex. I'm sure they're probably trying to figure out whether they trade Vladdy or Bo. I'm just kidding. Package deal. Kirky and Teoscar to get what? (gasps) Khakis. What do we do? That was You know, (laughs) watching the World Series and, or the postseason and taking a look at the teams that are still in it, Kevin, one thing does stand out. It really does help to have really good players. I mean, superstar <laughs> players. Boy, no, I mean, superstar. That's some of the best analysis you've ever had. Right there. You well, well, you nailed it. That's how analysis, you get paid the big bucks. Uh, analysis like that. Analysis Boy, like that will get me in some of our hockey shows. How can you be replaced? Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Got to uh, give 110%. What I'm saying is. <laughs> Boy. Stop it. I don't know how I'll come back from that. Well, what I'm saying is it does help to have superstars or elite players on your team, right? Everybody, I mean, the teams in the postseason this year have all got, like, not just, they're they're not very good players. This isn't the, this isn't the Tampa Bay Rays, right? They're, the, the teams in the postseason have got elite superstar on the road to the Hall of Fame players. They, yeah. they just do. And it's just something that I, I was thinking about it last night, right, doing a preview for our website. And just looking at the names in this series and thinking about where the careers of these players or a lot of these players are going to end up. Bryce Harper's got 10 years left. What the hell? <laughs> at least 10 years. Like, there are, guys, there are guys in this series who are elite, 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 elite. Not just very good. They are elite players. I just thought about that. Yeah, I was flipping everybody's out there saying, well, you know, maybe you move Bo for this and yeah, no, no, you don't. You don't move you don't move Bo or Vladdy for anything. You don't move Bo or Vladdy for anything. But boy, I would put Bo at second for Trey Turner playing shortstop. Yeah. Boy, I'd do that in a second. Unless you can get Shohei Otani for like six years. Seriously, unless you can get him for six years, I'm not moving either of those dudes. And I don't know why, because nobody's, there's no rumors about Vladdy being moved. I was just thinking about that. I was thinking about that last night, looking at this. And I have no idea why. And then when I knew that Schneider wasn't coming on today, I thought, what the hell am I going to talk about? <laughs> uh, David <laughs> Sam. <laughs> I, was th- I was thinking about you need great players whenever the khakis get so involved oh, that they it. have to script the game out before the game actually happens. Yeah. You have to have re- great players to make up for it. The khaki breakers. <laughs> the, the khaki yeah, breakers. That's what I was thinking. Anyhow. Enough of that. Enough of that. Uh, David Samson will join us later on in the show. And uh, we'll talk to David about some of the off- the, the offseason getting off to a great start already. Yankees, manage- or Yankees owner Hal Steinbrenner saying just after we got off the air yesterday that Aaron Boone is back as manager, uh, which raises the possibility, I would presume, of Aaron Boone being back as manager and a new general manager because more and more you get the sense there are people who don't think Brian Cashman will be back. David Stearns just stepped down as a manager, general manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, or stepped down, or it was a mutual parting of the ways, whatever. And he'll probably be the first free agent to sign, I would think, this offseason. Somebody will snap him up. Um, 
he's an accomplished general manager. We can argue about the Josh Hader deal, but uh, that's not an argument. But his uh, his resume and his body of work is really good. Somebody's going to end up going to end up jumping on him and bringing him in as their general manager. So we'll talk to Samson about that. And we'll also talk to him about the. Look, I, just one more day, Kevin. One more day of talking about that stupid motivational trick that the that the Yankees tried to pull off. And yesterday there was the uh, there was a big gala dinner for Yankees Yankees players, and all the players in the red carpet were asked about, uh, you know, how would you guys, what do you guys think about the fact that one of the greatest choke jobs in Yankee history is being used as a motivational tool to. Uh, get the Yankees up for the fourth game in that series against Houston. To, to, to a man, I would think that every dude in that lineup would say, if you're Aaron Judge, I hit point something. I didn't show up. Uh, I, as a lineup, we hit 160-something, 130-something in the playoffs. We didn't show up. You could say that. Instead of throwing it off on some khaki who's never played a game of baseball, I wasn't a, trying to trying to give a motivational speech and uh, get everybody it fired wasn't a khaki, up. Dude. Dra- that dra- comes from drastic the front measures. Office. Drastic measures. That comes from the front office. That Own wasn't it. a khaki thing. That's the players. Like, like people people make let's it play too much Derek, out of that. Let's play Derek G. This was Derek Jeter in the red carpet asked about. Hey Derek, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think he's going to say? Well, let's hear. I don't know the context of it. You know what I mean. Um, I still don't like to talk about it myself, so it makes me sick to this day thinking about it. So yeah, you'd have to ask him that. Yeah. What do you what do you what you think he's gonna say? That's a great idea. I think we should always bring that back to light that we messed it up and and didn't go where we ultimately should have went. I just like, think it's you, an example. I just think it's an example. I just think it's an example of just it's just a, it, you know what the Yankees have become. And this is something this is something I never thought we'd be saying about the Yankees. They're almost becoming one of those organizations that can't get out of their own way. And they really are. Like they are getting to the point now where they are capable. Not just capable. They've made a habit of dumbass decisions. Like they really have. They have made a habit of Stupid, short-sighted decisions. They are an organization that they're almost like they're almost like just a ship at sea, right now. They really are. Wah! They got beaten at ALCS. Wah! They've been beaten in like the. You, you, they've been beaten got, it, Kevin. They've been beaten in the ALCS for the they, last decade. Uh, well, good for them. At least they're getting beaten the ALCS. As a Jays good. fan, if they'd like to get beaten in ALCS and stop getting beat by teams they shouldn't be beat by in the playoffs when they're in the playoffs, you're, ask you're them that. The new, you, dude, you're the New York Yankees. You've got a hundred World That's Series. That's a lot. It's a lot of luck when you oh. get in the playoffs. You got to have. Be- what did you start the show with? Oh, it's a, it's amazing how you need. You have to have great players. Did the Yankees have great players? One. Okay. There you go. That that maybe that's what their problem is, and not showing videos. Stop making excuses. Figure it out with nobody's making no, get better get better players who can match up against the other team's best players. Nobody try making, that on for Nobody's size. making excuses. Nobody's saying that they lost because they showed the video. People are saying it was dumb. That's the point. It was dumb. There's no excuse. 
Nobody's, maybe it's, nobody's maybe it's, saying they lost may, the game because they watched the video or they brought me, the ghost of David Ortiz into the... Me in an ALCS, the Yankees not having a leadoff hitter, not having a shortstop, not having a, a dude that could play third, that's more of an embarrassment than playing a video. That's just me. Yeah. It's the New York Yankees. Yeah. Like... 590-590 is a text line. We've got a lot of time for Barker's back leg bits today. We've uh, kind of pooched it the past couple of shows, the past couple of podcasts. I blame you. Well, yeah, you can. Blame me. Why not? What the hell? Join the club. Everybody else blames me for everything. Uh, it's Why the first not? day in a while I've blamed you. Anyhow, Samson's going to join us in a few minutes. So, I'm sure uh, he'll blame you, too. No, he won't blame me. <laughs> 595, believe me, I could blame him for more stuff than he could blame me. 590-590 is a text line. DMs are open for Barker's back leg bits. You've changed. If you're listening, I have. If you're listening to, uh, if you're listening to us on a, your favorite, whatever it is, podcatcher, whatever the hell the kids call it these days, please podcatcher. rate review, whatever, rate review, and I subscribe, pay. say nice things about Barker. As you know, I don't give a rat's ass what you think about me, but Barker, it means a lot to him to have people say nice things about him. No, I had to come in the office today because there's a security uh, thing with the computer and I have to get it fixed. Where, I can't do where, it. Where am I at? You don't need it. You don't need security. <laughs> I, I obviously need security stuff done to my computer. <laughs> to my laptop and my... Anyhow. Stop writing for sportsnet.ca and you won't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> I mean, not that it's that big a deal, but you know me and technology asking me to do... Right. You know, well, that's I, why you drove in, is so you can let somebody that knows what they're doing do it. Well, no, I'm going to have to do it. They're going to have to walk you through it. But, I mean, you know, for me, a successful day with technology is when the iPhone starts up, you know, when I hit the button. That's most people. Yeah. I mean, as it is right now, my family won't let me go on Instagram because they're terrified that because I don't know how to use a... I don't Smart know. family. <laughs> because Smart I don't family. know how to use things. Stuff may appear on Instagram that shouldn't be there, you know? Yeah. Just just do what I do. Uh, show it to somebody that's way smarter than you are. Go, wow. hey, does this look and sound stupid? <laughs> it's not that. I'm more concerned about it looking stupid. You that's know. why I asked, too. Yeah. Before you push share. Anyhow. Uh, Aaron Nola has uh, drawn the start in game one for the Phillies. I'm shocked over by Zach that. Wheeler. I yeah, it's well. There's I was until I until it, I was until I did some reading and found out that in his last start against the Astros, Aaron Nola took a no hitter into the seventh inning. It's and a it spring was a training game, game for the Astros. Yeah, it was a game that clinched the playoff spot for the uh, for the for the Phillies. Um, you know, I don't know. Listen, uh, there's something if if you see Zach, if you look at Zach Wheeler's. Last two starts, 80 pitches, that velo goes right down. I mean, it falls off. It falls off a cliff. And I think that's part of the deal here is the Phillies are going to give him as much time as possible. And and I'm, I was surprised originally, Kevin, but then the more you read, on, you, you do some reading on it, and then you find out Rob Thompson is saying, hey, I'm not going to get cute with my rotation in the postseason or in the World Series, we're not going to a three-man rotation. We're going to go to four. One of those games may be like a hybrid Syndergaard falter thing. When I saw all that, I thought, okay, he's he's uh, he, he's going to give Zach Wheeler the extra rest. And I think what it means is the chances of Aaron Nola maybe coming out of the bullpen to finish off a game are probably greater than Zach Wheeler. 
And and I just think that's a to me that's an indication of where of where uh, health and workload and all that stuff factors in. Yeah, I would I would assume again it's it's going to come down to Nola's had nine uh, complete off days between starts. It's a lot. So is Verlander. That that'll be an interesting thing to look at. Nine days rest is a lot. Nine full days, and now you're looking at Wheeler who would have five full days. Like one more extra day for Wheeler is going to have the velocity go up eighty pitches Kevin, to ninety two pitches. Well, Kevin, it might. I, I mean, they know more than we do. <laughs> I, I, guess, I, mean, I mean, they're not making that decision. They're not I'm, pulling it out of their ass, right? They probably have an idea that that there's an idea behind what they're doing. Yeah, I would have. I would have. I would think. I'm not. Again, I'm not behind closed doors with those guys. I'm sure it has something to do with the line drive off the right leg that that he took. I'm sure it has something to do with the tendonitis in the right forearm, uh, and I'm sure it has something to do too. If you got one of the two guys right now because of health that you could count on to make three starts, maybe they're thinking that Nola could do it. Yeah, he's well one, I, one five and seven. If again, you need a Rob, guy, and probably Wheeler can't do that. Yeah, Rob Thompson said he ain't doing that. Which I mean, things I, uh, things can we, change. Uh, but. We obviously know right now he's saying that. By the way, Aaron Nola uh, on extra days rest, his ERA is one point two zero less. He is a beast with extra rest. And actually, Wheeler's ERA is worse on extra rest. So, but again, this gets back to the velocity dipping. Yeah, it's noticeably. like th- it's like three two or three six ERA for Wheeler. Me, if I my my best guy on that team's Wheeler. Again, I'm not behind closed doors. I have no idea how he feels, mm-hmm. and obviously, they're telling you how he feels, and they think that Nola would give them a better chance of maybe pitching more in a series if they have to have that. So, I'm assuming that's why he's going game one. I guess you can't go wrong with either guy. I just think Wheeler's a better pitcher. And he gives them a better chance to get off to a great start, at least getting a split in Houston, which is what they have to have. If if Houston takes go, goes up two nothing going into Philly, hey, this could be a quick series. There's one thing that Aaron Nola has that Zach Wheeler doesn't have. Aaron Nola's got that that knuckle curve, and it floats in at like seventy nine, eighty, and. The Astros no likey those pitches. They're like yeah, 18th, see, I, they're like 18th in baseball against pitches on against those pitches. See, I don't think that's it. I think it's the elevated heater. That that, that for me, Nola and Wheeler both have the elevated heater. That's the the one little thing. Would you watch the Astros? Is they have a real tough time of laying off it. I'm not talking about putting it in play. It's that one that looks like a strike. That's like three or four or five inches above the strike zone that they have trouble with. So I'd be interesting. See, they're gonna have to score runs. The lineup, the first four guys for the for the Phillies, they're thinking about moving Harper to the three spot. I mm-hmm. think that for me is overthinking it. But you get him up the first inning. You get him more at bats when it matters the most. I'll say this: if he's hitting third, he wouldn't have had a chance of hitting a two-run homer yeah. when it mattered the most. So you got to be careful overthinking it. Yeah, point. I think that's just an example of—I uh, don't know if I'd say it's over overthinking as much as it is an example of just planning for any any uh, Astros don't have situation. Lately. They don't have a bunch of lefties either. No, but this, throw per- against this them does well. prevent them from doesn't prevent, but it would make you think it, it would uh, at least give them something else. To think about. Hey, let's bring in David Sampson, uh, host of Nothing Personal, the podcast. Mr. Sampson, thanks for joining Kevin and myself. Um, before we talk about the World Series, let's kind of clean up the mess in the Bronx a little bit. Uh, Aaron Boone is back, according to the owner. It's great when the owner comes out like a day or two days after the season and says, hey, this guy's coming back. That's great. Nothing general managers like more than that, right? Well, it's funny. I it, I just said on Nothing Personal this morning that that vote of confidence is the real vote of confidence. When it happens during the season, you really dismiss it because that's just trying to keep calm in the clubhouse 
and try to pacify the media. But there was no reason for Hal Steinbrenner to go public the way he did unless he had made the final decision and there was nothing more to discuss in his mind. I have no doubt in anyone's mind. So Aaron Boone is definitely coming back. It's not one of those things where a month from now he'll get fired. He didn't guarantee Brian Cashman coming back. Yeah, but he will. I mean, it's just he's the anti-George, and that's just how he's always been. Um, These two would not have survived under George Steinbrenner, and Hal's the opposite. And it really is not Brian's fault or uh, or Aaron's fault. And it sounds crazy to say because they didn't haven't won a World Series since '09, but they have some roster issues, and so Brian certainly has his share of the blame. But you can't say they have not been successful. They've had an opportunity to compete for a World Series just about every year, and that's all an owner ever wants. Got Aaron Judge coming back to the Yankees. I think that. Uh, the best shot of him not would have been him going to the Mets, but I think Steve Cohn is not going to do that to Hal Steinbrenner, who is very supportive of his ownership bid. I think that the Yankees, it's its an indication to me, the Giants or the, or the Cubs or any team is not going to go, let's say, 500 for 10. I think it's all going to be right in the same range, and for that, uh, I think he stays in New York. Do you think that the, the fact that Boone is coming back and, a, you know, and, and, and Brian Cashman you know, well, I mean, if those are the indications, the way things are leaning, he would likely be back. Does that increase the likelihood of Aaron returning or, or does, is Aaron Boone or Aaron Boone, Aaron Judge's contract and his return, is that something that, that is dealt with at, at ownership level? You know, the GM and the, has a role in it, but that's between Hal and, and Aaron Judge's uh, representatives. Total ownership level. Uh, if you 100 people surveyed, top five answers on the board, how much do you care who your GM and manager is? Uh, that is maybe number 12 on the board. Uh, number one on the board is number of years and number of dollars. Uh, that's it. Some people have you know winning in the top three, not all of them. But no, Aaron Judge does not care. Even if he didn't get along with Aaron Boone, and I have no indication of that, or if he doesn't like Brian Cashman, it really doesn't matter. It's, it's the, the premium over the 213 is all we're talking about. And the 213 was the offer in spring training to Judge. He then had this season. And the question is, what is the premium that Judge wants and what is the premium the market's willing to give him for that? David, I, I don't want to blame the, uh, you know, that, that the, so, the so-called motivational video for anything that happened uh, in that, that Yankees <laughs> Uh, Astro series, although it certainly was, you know, if you do believe in the baseball gods, it, it certainly was, it was, it was interesting. Uh, it was an interesting decision. Uh, have you been around like, you know, I mean, Jeffrey could be a hands-on owner, right? And I, I'm wondering, did, did you guys try any motivational stuff with the Marlins that either one was really, really good or two was just one of those things where you, at the end of the day, you go, what were we thinking? Well, over 18 years, you get a lot of both of those. That's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, that, that seems normal. Uh, yeah, Jeff was very into that. Owners are really into that because they feel so helpless in terms of the results on the field. And when things aren't going well, they try to do anything they can. So Jeffrey would do things like, hey, if we win this game, we're going to take a trip or we're going to do something fun or I'm going to do something with food or with Las Vegas or with a car anything that could in, in the player in his mind would help the players. But the funny part is that's not what motivates players. They don't think that way. 
front offices tend to live with wins and losses for much longer than players do. They really do uh, forget about games very, very quickly, sometimes too quickly. And that's one of the great lessons I learned was uh, trying to not wallow in misery for too long after a loss or celebrate too much after a win. But players generally are really good at that. So in terms of the video, let me just touch on that for a minute. That did not impact the series one bit. Uh, It was tone deaf, I agree. It was misguided, no question. But in terms of impactful with the result, no. That's because the Astros are a better team. That's why they won the series. Tell, tell me if you're Brian Cashman. If Cashman comes back, where you know when you say some the Astros, I know you were watching. I was watching. Like it's just they were outclassed everywhere. Like there's, you know, if you're Brian Cashman, where do you start? Like you need a new shortstop. You need a third baseman. You need maybe a second baseman. What are you going to do with Rizzo? You know, you need more bullpen. Like where do you start to make this better and be really, really competitive next year? So what you do is, I mean, they were really, really competitive this year, right? They won a hundred games. So it's hard to say they weren't. But what I would say is we make a list every offseason, and you start that really during August uh, is when your offseason begins for the next year, regardless of where you are in the standings. And you have a list of priority, right? So your arbitration-eligible players are part of that list. The list of free agents that you have are part of that list. The list of other teams' free agents. And then minor league free agents. So you go all the way down, and the way that you prioritize is based on the competition for the players on the list. So for your own free agents, you know that you have a window until five days after the World Series. You know that you can contact them at any time because you really do, and you can, and you decide who you want to talk to first. But the first decision that has to be made by every organization, no matter what you're told publicly, is what your payroll is. GMs can't do a thing without a payroll. And the best teams get their payroll to their GM the fastest. The worst teams do what we did all the time, which is when the owner would say, hey, this is where the payroll is, but if you bring me a player or a deal, there's some room for upside. But that's a very tough way to build your team when you think there's a chance that you could acquire a player later in the offseason with so-called, quote-unquote, special money. The most successful franchises don't have special money. They have a set payroll, and then they let the GM get to work on assembling the team. Tell tell me if this is a dumb question. Do do front offices listen to what fans, media, because it's the Yankees, right? They they do have some young guys. They got a shortstop. They got a guy we can see play left. They need to get younger and more athletic. Do you think they could sort of put aside the outside noise and say, we're going to play these dudes. Like, we need to get younger. We got to run around the field and be athletic. Look at the Astros. That's why they're so good. They're very athletic. We don't have that. Does that come into play? Or is that a stupid question? No, there's no such thing as a stupid question. I would say that uh, owners pay much more attention to the media than GMs and presidents do. Uh, there's certain exceptions, of course, but generally not. Uh, Jim Beatty, if you remember him, he had one of the great lines of my career where he said, as soon as you start listening to the media and the fans, you will soon be amongst them, <laughs> meaning you, you're going to lose your job. And uh, that's, I always thought about that going forward. It's hard to drown out the noise if you have a thin skin, and our game is full of people with, who have thin skin. But uh, in terms of the Yankees, Brian Cashman is a veteran of this market. 
Uh, he does not pay attention because if you do, you just can't survive because you can't get three people to have anything fewer than seven opinions about every single move you make. So you just can't let that bother you. Yep. David, in this World Series, we're going to see Bryce Harper DHing. David Dombrowski has already said, you know, if we didn't have a DH in the National League, I don't know if we would have gone ahead and got, gotten Kyle Schwarber. Uh, you know, the DH gave us Albert Pujols' swan song. Why did it take so long for the National League to adopt the DH? And how did you guys uh, feel? Worth- how did you guys feel about it? Were you dead against it, or, or you know, were you guys on the fence, or, or were you in favor of it? Yeah, I was dead against it because I didn't want to replace the 25th man at the minimum with what the average salary was for a DH, which is let's say seven to twelve million dollars. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an unfair advantage to the larger revenue teams. I also thought that it would make the games longer. Uh, I liked the National League game better, and that's my bias because I was in the National League my whole career. I think that a lot of the strategy is gone, and I think the union got a big break from that. On the other hand, I couldn't stand when our pitchers were at the plate. I basically would would be against pitchers bunting because they don't know how to bunt, and I was worried they would catch their fingers and break their fingers. I don't like when pitchers run the bases. I hated when Jack or any manager used pitchers to pinch run. It would make me crazy because of hamstrings. You know, I've got enough to worry about with all the injuries to the arm and shoulder. I never wanted leg injuries for pitchers. And uh, just being at the plate means bad things can happen. So there's two sides to it. Uh, but I also understand that what baseball is trying to do is not have such a separation between the NL and the AL. It was only 20 years ago where the umpires, there were umpires for different leagues. Right. I don't know if you remember this. Yes, I they do. used to wear hats that had NL or AL on it. Right. It was totally crazy. And one of the things that Bud did, Bud Selig and Rob has continued, is the consolidation of the leagues. There used to be a president of the American League and a president of the National League right. who would give away the pennant trophies. That's another callback to, to the days of yesteryear. And, and I think that what we're seeing going forward with expansion and realignment is going to be further dilapidation of these leagues. And it started next year. It will start next year with the new uh, balanced schedule where every team plays every team. This is all concerted effort to eliminate the leagues and having the same rules for both leagues was a critical part to that. We're, we're hearing Rob Thompson and the Phillies talk about moving Bryce Harper to the three spot. We obviously know Nola is pitching game one. Now, that may have something to do more about health with Wheeler than it is about matchups and, you know, past games of how well Nola's done against the Astros. At this time of the year, is, is it tough for organizations just to not overthink it, to say, this is how we got here? Like, Harper's hitting cleanup. He had a two-run homer because the dude in front of him that was hitting third got on base, and he walked up and hit a homer. Is it tough for organizations not to overthink it well there's two sides to that right the pat riley side is you dance with the people who got you to the dance which is how john starks goes two for 18 in the game seven of the nba finals <laughs> then there's the yankees this postseason who every month the dunnerstick had a different lineup mm-hmm. and that is not positive either because you've got players walking in the clubhouse wondering where their name is and players generally don't like that um so in terms of your best hitter Generally, both analytics and those who use their eyes and gut, you want your best hitter batting in the first inning in the two-hole or the three-hole. Generally, the two-hole is where your best hitter should be. Uh, I've always thought that Harper should hit 
uh, higher up in the lineup than clean up because he is such a uh, he has the ability not just to hit for power but also to hit gaps and to get on base. I want to point out that Nola, the reason he's starting game one, and I touched on this yesterday, and I think I heard you guys talking about it before you brought me on, that is only uh, because of the schedule of the series and the Phillies realize they may need seven to win, and your game one starter will start game five and then be out of the bullpen game seven. Mm -hmm. Your game two starter is game two and game six, unavailable for game seven because they're on consecutive days short of a rainout. And Wheeler is not able to do that, but Nola is, and that's why they made the change. Yeah, I think you're right. The the chances of Aaron Nola in Game Seven being asked to come out are 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 much greater than than Zach Wheeler, and that's you know yeah that that is a I think that's like ninety 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 five percent of the reason yeah, for that particular he said, decision. Just so you know, was was a misdirection where he said, "Hey, when if we can get a pitcher an extra day of rest, we'll do it." That's mm-hmm. why we're moving Wheeler down a day, but that's total horse hockey. David, we're going to let you run. Appreciate your time as always, Great my friend. Stuff. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. All right. Have a good day. Take care. It's David Sampson, host of Nothing Personal, the podcast at CBS Sports HQ. Uh, a, a certain general manager who um, we, you could probably guess, uh, been to the World Series recently, had a conversation with him earlier this year and, and we we're talking about what have you learned from going to the world series as a general manager and in and, and, and world series front office he said one thing you realize is you end up with a lot of people who don't have an awful lot to do and one of the things you have to do is make sure that you keep them away from the sharp objects in the in in the drawer right mm-hmm. because it's true you've got a, you, you, you've got you've got a lot of people and even the gm I, you know, the hell's he gonna do and um, I think it's – I remember hearing Joe Torre talk one time about how one of the things he really liked about Brian Cashman was that when the World Series came around, Brian knew when to stay away. Brian knew how to ensure that stuff didn't filter down to the clubhouse, right? Because you got you – got again, you got a lot of people with a lot of time in their hands trying to justify their existence – you got all your scouts trying to justify their existence. And he said one of the things that Brian was really good at was sort of just keeping the different, keeping different voices away from, hey, it's an art. It, it is an art form. Think about it. Look at, you see, look at all the people. Look at all the khakis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, right, well, they're all, they got to do something. And put yourself, how do you think Dusty Baker, Dusty Baker must go in that office and go, please, God, please, nobody. I don't want anybody. Anybody who was in uniform, stay out. Go away. I think I'm there's sure, something to be said to that. I'm sure he's figured out ways to tell people, hey, it's it's whenever I'm asking for you, I'll call you. <laughs> exactly. Just don't show up this time of the year. I mean, he's a veteran guy. has been there and done it yeah. before. It, it, it'll be interesting with the NOLA thing and the Rob Thompson and the pitching now and how you use Wheeler and, you know, will you try and – stretch him out a little bit more right it's it's the it is the sort of the khaki way and we've seen it right good players we see we saw it with rob thompson taking out wheeler too early in the sixth inning and sort of you know his lineup making up for it the other the other factor at work here is the health of sir anthony dominguez sir anthony dominguez has not has worked back to back three times since the all-star break He's coming off triceps tendonitis. He missed three weeks with triceps tendonitis. He has not worked in consecutive days in the postseason. That's another factor in here that 
when you're looking at how he uses the bullpen, something else that Rob Thompson is is going to have to take into account. And that just reinforces, you know, the 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 difference in these pitching staffs, the the health, at least so far as we know, of the Astros staff compared to uh compared to the Phillies. I think that's Bryce Harper has to have an ungodly series for the Phillies to win, I guess is what I'm going to say, because I still think the pitching at every level favors favors the Astros at, it just at seems, every turn. It seems like the first four guys in the Phillies order sort of feed off of each other. If one guy's going, the other guy goes. That guy then feeds over to another guy, and then that guy starts going. It's about the Astros keeping those four dudes in the yard. If they can do that, limit the damage. If they do give up a homer, it's a solo shot. If they can do that, for me, the Astros win in five. If they don't, it's going to go longer. It'll go six or seven just because I do believe sometimes, especially this time of the year, there's mojo. That momentum thing can carry over, and, and the Phillies got a good lineup. DMs are open for Barker's back leg bits. My Twitter handle is SN Jeff Blair. The text line, it's always open. And it's 590-590. We've got two of our best in the little booth behind me. Anxious to, well, it's, we've got Austin and Mark. But they're in the booth behind me, and they're anxious to go to the text line and, uh, and, and tee it up. So we'll take a little break. We'll come back. We'll get to your thoughts. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, congratulations to the Blue Jays Six Silver Slugger finalists. These are rewards that are chosen by major league managers and coaches, so you can't say it's a bunch of stupid writers. <laughs> yeah. Their whole team's up for it. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, you know, as far as I can tell, the only guy who didn't make it was... Danny Jansen? Biggio. No. Uh, <laughs> six players up for Silver Slugger. Six. Six. Count them six. Matt Chapman at third base. Lots of home runs. Not much of an average. George Springer at DH. He never played. You'd probably prefer him to be in the out in the center field. Tay Oscar. So somebody was watching his good month and a half. Vladdy, he's up for it. Bo Bichette and Alejandro Kirk. The master of the opposite field single. Who should be the only person in that group to get it? Wow. Probably Bo. I'm with you. Probably Bo. Led the American League in hits again. Yeah. Absolutely. The only one to get it is him. Yeah. But anyhow, there you go. Congratulations to all six. I mean, joking aside, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, a, it's an honor. It's a good honor. Managers and coaches, certainly they know what's going on. It's well, not sure. one of the, can't blame the writers or the khakis. We, like we always, we, well, we always talk about, you know, the, the give, go out and get left-handed hitters. Now the organization can go, well, how can I get better than silver sluggers? <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Teoscar, yeah. we can't do oh. better than Teoscar. He's a silver slugger. That's not true. He actually had a good two months pretty much, didn't he? Did he have a good two months? He has more power than anybody on that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You say that all the time. Because it's true. It is true. I'd like to see it demonstrated a little more often. 
Hitting the baseballs hard, Jeff. Yeah. Sorry, babe. Well, pardon me. I at no point have I said that I that I'm better at hitting a baseball. Well, you said you seem to just say that these dudes should just roll out of bed for 162 games in a row and go three for four with two big ones. Carlos every Delgado day. did. Who? Carlos Delgado did. Yeah. Okay, that's one guy. Like Aaron Judge I mean, does. There's a bazillion dudes that play baseball. Bryce like, Harper does. Oh, wait a minute. There are. I was going to say Jose Altuve, but that's not the case. 595.96. Let's get the Barker's Back League bits because, gosh darn it, we haven't been able to do it. And you know I love me some bits. That didn't sound right. But uh, anyhow, Chris from Orangeville says, Barker, your partner there has been wrong with his prognostications all playoffs. So why listen to him now? Phillies and six. It's funny, Chris, that you mentioned that because Barker and I were just talking off the air. And Barker's, Barker off the air says the Phillies can win, the Phillies can win. Then I ask him to make a prediction. He says Astros and five. Uh, the only reason that is is because I love Dusty. Uh, I, and I will not root against him because I <laughs> want him rooting, to win this you can one. Make a pick. But so, I okay, can... here's the thing. Now, on, I want you to go on the record because you tell me this off the air. But, you know, the Phillies go in. I mean, there's a chance. No, All right, no. so man up here. Man up. Who no. wins the World Series? I'm saying Astros in six. I, I said yesterday Astros in five. All I'm right, stick you're sticking that. to that. I, I, so I, when I we're think... off the air, you're not going to say, you know, I should have said Phillies in five. I think they have more depth to get keep Dusty out of it. Right. And I think Jose Altuve and Tucker are going to get hot. Hmm. And they play better defense. Kevin and Jeff, just your thoughts about what if the Jays traded Vladdy for Otani straight up, which in my opinion would be the trade of the century, Nathan and Brantford. A lot of people talking about trading for Otani. I think it's because he came out and, and, yeah. and, and said that and he basically team. hates the Angels and doesn't want to go play there again. Basically, it took That's him four why. years to figure out that he's, you know, he's playing with a Team Wait, with a pile of poo. More he knows or less. he's he knows he can get paid and yeah. win at the same time, and it, he doesn't have to be on the West Coast to do it. it, it exactly. Um, I, uh, we've talked about this. I'm not going to spend a great deal of time, but you know, it does keep coming up in my timeline, and uh, a lot of that I chalk up to the fact that pot's now legal in in uh, in Ontario. But I, no, here's the thing. You should the know. Jays, yeah, I should know, shouldn't I? Here's the, yeah. Like it makes a difference to me. Like it ever made a difference to me. Yeah, you just roll up the clown card, just dump a bunch in the car. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, it's true. Oh, I You're lost speechless. my train of thought. I am speechless, yeah. People have, uh, people have, have talked about this uh, on social media. Look, here, if, if Shohei Otani is available, yes, the, uh, I'll just tell you, the Jays will make a call. Yes, they will make a call. And I would say that probably every other team would make a call to the Angels. And here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. The only way I get, the only th- way I get Shohei Otani is if I have a, pretty good idea that the dude is going to be with me for another five or six years i'm not bringing him in for one year i'm not bringing him in for two years i'm just not i'm not and i understand i mean you're getting a guy who is a a pitcher a a great pitcher you're getting a guy who's an mvp i understand what shohei otani is and and maybe i'm guilty of of looking at this and going this is just too it's 
how do you value this guy? Who is he? It's like, uh, was it Passon says? It's like you're trading for Justin Verlander and, and Matt Olson wrapped in one. What is it going to take to get that? Um, but I, 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 I will say, I have said it, and I will say it, Shohei Otani's not going to be with the Angels much longer. And it, it the, Jays will, the Jays will make a call. Hey, they'll make a call. We know one thing about this front office, and we know one thing about this ownership, is they will give out contracts. I mean, they will. If they want you, they'll give out a contract. Unless you're Bo or Vladdy. Uh, Unless you're Bo or Vladdy. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you know, as an older player, like there's That's a reason true. Tay Oscar hasn't signed yet, right? There's a uh, there's a reason Kevin Gossman got. I mean, the Jays will give out. The Jays will give out those contracts. You, but you, you, you know what it would take to get him? It would take Alec Noah, Vladimir Guerrero no, Jr. Would, would be the first I, two I, names, I mean, and I don't then know. I don't two know. or three other guys. I don't know. I we don't know. I, a guy like that hasn't been traded. This isn't Juan Soto. I don't know what it's going to take. I, I mean, I don't the, edu- know what it's the educated take. guess would be your best two guys who are young. That's yeah. Alec Manoa, and that's the guy standing first. Yeah. Well, and then whoever I mean, else on. you want to get. Well, anyhow. Which, there you go. But that, that is our talking about trading for Vladdy moment of the offseason. We may have to revisit enough. it one more time. We may have to revisit it one more time just because. It is, it is one of those cheap. It, it is a cheap question to ask and a cheap thing to talk about. You know, it's it's that that's kind of what it's become. I did have a DM that I particularly liked here. Ba-ba-ba. Coming no. off the season, no, you just this. came R- off R- of Rich McConnell says the biggest home run in Philly's history was hit by Joe Carter. I kind of like that actually. Mm. Uh, Brad Kuypers, Jeff, who needs the biggest or who deserves the biggest pat in the back for the Phillies? David Dombrowski or Rob Thompson? It sure helps when you have a stud like Bryce Harper. Yeah, it does. I, I will say, I will say this. Uh, th- this gets into the whole: how much impact does a manager have in a team? And quite honestly, you are never going to find a player in the postseason doing an interview where he says, "You know, the manager changing the manager really didn't make much difference." <laughs> Nobody's going to say that. I will say this about David Dombrowski, though. You know, we got to start talking a little more about David Dombrowski, the general manager. Yeah, he does. You know, he does burn bridges in terms of, of, of personnel at times. You know, he does, he does strip teams of personnel at times. But he's won multiple World Series. He's gone to multiple World Series. And when David Dombrowski made all those moves in the offseason, we came on and we said he's put together a beer league team. They don't have anybody that can catch the ball. Yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. It's true. It's true. But I also think that Dombrowski figured out that he needed to maximize the offense around Bryce Harper. To get what he needed to, to, to get what he needed out of this team. The other thing he's done, he retained his faith in Alec Bohm when a lot of people didn't want him to do that. You look at the decisions they've made. Getting rid of Didi Gregorius, you know, Bryson Stott. Like in addition to the trades that, that that he made, the Phillies have made some pretty good decisions this season. They've made some pretty good personnel judgments internally. Now, yes, they they are not a good defensive team, but. I would argue that, you know, well, I'll ask you as a Jays fan. You added Kyle Schwarber to your lineup. You're weakening your team defensively. Would you take Kyle Schwarber? I would yeah, sure take Kyle Schwarber. Because he's DHing every day. 
And that's the other thing David Dombrowski realized is, you know, because of the DH, because you got to remember at the time, they didn't plan on Bryce Harper being hurt all the time. So when they went out and got Castellanos and Schwarber, part of the thinking was, yeah, one of those guys will probably be DHing for us. So the defensive issues will be mitigated. I, I think David, in, in a lot of ways, David Dombrowski got a little lucky here, but when you go and look at the decisions that were made, oh, and by the way, David Dombrowski decided to get rid of Joe Girardi. I think David Dombrowski gets a crap ton of credit, Kevin, for what for where this team is. Yeah, I, th- I think you're always good. Again, what did you start the show with? Like you started it with you got to have great players. They had well, Bryce Harper is, last year. They had Bryce Harper the year before. Zach Wheeler, Nola's better. Dominguez out of the bullpen has taken that and ran with it. Alvarado is much better. David Robertson, when he's healthy, is a veteran guy who can add and subtract, get big time middle of the order yeah, guys out. Like they're guys that should be doing things, are doing things. Yeah, now, I'm not aren't... saying Rob Thompson's and Rob Thompson, quite frankly, is staying out of the way, which is a which is what you're supposed to do as a really good manager. You Listen to your players. We've had Rob on. He says this, that whenever his players needed time, they came to him and told him they needed time. And he would just stay out of it. He would give them as much as they wanted so they would be at their best, the biggest time of the year, which is right now. Their best players are being their best players. That's what you need on a good team. Yeah. So everybody, everybody gets credit. But, I but think. again, um, no. I, that's Get off the fence. Somebody, people, some people deserve more credit than those. The, gen, the general manager deserves credit in this situation more okay. than anybody else. The he lineup, does. the two big dudes in the in the right rotation, here. the the three or four guys in the bullpen, uh, Bryce Harper, who's a superstar, Rob Thompson, who's came in and just sort of tried to stay out of the way. Uh, Dombrowski has put all these guys in so he positions. Everybody. Like, wow. everybody's doing exactly what everybody's supposed to be doing right now. But That's were... why you call it momentum and mojo. So I'm giving credit, credit to everybody. Oh, man. Dombrowski's the guy that made those decisions. It's that simple. Players got to go out and play the way they're supposed to be playing. If they're not in a team, it doesn't matter. Ask the Yankees. Well, I, I, the Yankees, the composition of the team wasn't very good. That's on the general manager. That's why I said I think I think Brian Cashman deserves most of the blame for what happens, for what has happened with the Yankees. I think the general manager is more important in this era of baseball than he ever has been. The general manager and the folks around him are more important in this era than he ever has been because there are more things that go into the decision-making process now. Do you know the seen. do you know the Yankees had three guys in their order back to back to back that had 120 plus homers? So what do you mean so? Like <laughs> that that that's how they don't win baseball games. Not because they don't have good enough hitters. It's because when it mattered the most, they didn't show up. Now that could have a combination of doing of they have holes and the team that they were facing was much better than they are. It's okay to give credit to a, a collection of a bunch of people. It takes a GM to put them in the right positions to, to succeed, and then it takes a manager to figure out how to get everybody on the same page, and then the best players have to be the best players. That's sort of where the Phillies and why they're here for me. That's Jeff N. on Twitter. Hey, Jeff and Barker, I've been wanting to ask you guys this for a long time now. Well, you have. It's just I haven't gotten around to your tweet. I apologize for that. But uh, with the Jays struggling at the plate, why wasn't Dante Bichette brought back to the coaching staff? It seems like everyone hits better when he's around the team. I brought this up now because we have heard from John Schneider in his media availability that uh, he would like the coaching staff back. We've also heard that there may be some 
some changes in responsibility. We know that at least one member of the staff, Luis Rivera, had suggested to people that maybe he was thinking of of, of, of retiring. That, that's, we're not, those aren't, those aren't state secrets. The reason, the technical reason Dante Bichette wasn't here last year, and it goes back to the lockout. If you remember, Dante Bichette stepped down as hitting advisor, a special advisor, so he could work with Bo and I think Santiago Espinal, and there might have been a couple of other guys during the lockout because club employees were prevented from talking to or working with players during the lockout. Dante Bichette never, never came back to the organization. You saw him around the team a little bit. I don't know what uh, the reason is. I would love, Kevin, I, I would love to see him back. I think he had a profound impact on this team when he was here. Look, we've talked to guys. A lot of the stuff that, that guys were doing comes from stuff that Dante Bichette is talking about. I don't know if he'll be back next year. I think there's a bunch of things involved in that. But um, I have thought at times, or I did think at times this year, man, would it have made a difference if Dante's voice was in that room? Simplify it, Hunt Hater. Whoever that guy is, that's the guy that needs to be here. That's it for us. Tomorrow, John Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays, is scheduled to join us. We'll have a special treat for you as well. We get you set for the World Series. One more sleep. The World Series gets going. Thanks for joining us on Blair and Barker. We'll be back tomorrow from 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. And you can catch us wherever you get your favorite podcasts.